I've had my eye on you a long time, Doctor. I consider you one of my most valuable long-term investments. And when it comes to my investments, I always do my homework. Before you invest your money, I guess don't drunk invest either. Since don't we're drunk invest. going on the heels of that last uh, dog of the week, uh, we do have quite a few questions here this week. And uh, leading it off is Mason from Marietta. But before we go into Mason, let's talk about how you can contact us. Uh, we've got a question hotline. You can call one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. Or you can leave a message, leave your question in the form of a message, and uh, we will play it on air and answer it shortly after. Or you can call and speak to a human, 770-429-9166. Uh, ask whatever questions you'd like, uh, and our producer will get them to us. Uh, or you can uh, email drgene at hensler.com. That's H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, you can also go to our website. Hensler.com, spelled the same way, uh, and find good articles that uh, may just answer your own question if it is broad enough, if it's not something specific to you. So uh, you have all kind of options, and uh, as I said, Mason from Marietta took took us up on one of those options, emailing in the question this week, uh, and he says, I guess Mason is a... I guess I shouldn't have even gone into that. What do you think, Gus? Uh, one of many analysts on TV said AbV was a buy. Is it on your radar? AbV, ticker ABBV, um, is a uh, developer, manufacturer of pharmaceutical products worldwide. Uh, company offers Humira. Uh, if I try to tell you what all these things, Imbruvica, Vicara, Pack, uh, there's loads and loads of uh, Pharmaceuticals, and uh, one of the reasons that I always struggle to get any of my analysts to cover them is because you got to learn to speak another language in order to talk about uh, pharmaceuticals and have anyone else understand you. But uh, the company has had um, earnings growth over the last five years at about 9.5%, uh, expected to grow by 13.67% going forward. I always think of that, um, you know, as to why in the world would this thing grow any faster than uh, – then it's uh, peers or faster than its own history uh, before I go buying. But I will tell you that uh, price uh, to earnings growth, PEG, which is today's price divided by a forecast in 12 months earnings divided by the growth rate, expected growth rate, uh, as averaged by all the analysts that cover the stock is 1.12. Uh, that number, if it's around 1, I usually believe that it's probably uh, priced pretty well. I will tell you that pharmaceuticals have been kicked around pretty bad last year and uh, even earlier this year. Uh, so, you know, it gets down to a, to a point where you can expect that it's, uh, um, it's not too terribly expensive. If you just look at the P.E. ratio, it's over 30 times, which means the price is 30 times the earnings uh, per share. Uh, not the best of things. Uh, I also like to look at the EVA spread, economic value added. This is uh, where we take the return on invested capital and uh, determine whether or not it's higher than uh, than the cost of capital. 
And uh, in this case, it's not. It's uh, negative 9.84. So uh, economic uh, profitability is, is kind of questionable here. The ROA is still really good, 11.5%. Uh, that's the return on assets, return on equity, 117.9. So when you see a number that big, uh, you should usually expect that uh, there's a whole lot of debt. Debt to equity, 794%. What do you think about that, Casey? Is that a little, is that a little bit overboard? Seems a, seems a little bit of a, of a risk there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, you know, all things considered, there's, there's other companies out there that I would prefer uh, in the pharmaceutical space. Celgene uh, is one of them. Uh, Johnson & Johnson is another. Uh, this was a spinoff from something, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, it was um, Abbott Labs. Abbott Labs, that's Yeah, right. so it, it uh, spun off uh, the lab-type business with uh, all the uh, beakers and, and uh, lab supplies went one direction. This was more considered the growth piece where right. pharma can grow, uh, and it became AbbVie. So, um, again, I'm not a huge fan, uh, just given the, the level of... Uh, leverage and the, uh, the the pricing, although, you know, you look at it relative to what is expected for the growth, and I'm a bit of a skeptic when it comes to that growth. Uh, but, uh, you know, it doesn't look terrible. But in the long run, I think you'd be better served by a company with a whole lot less debt and uh, maybe some expectations that are a bit more achievable. All right, Casey, uh, we got Neil from Atlanta says, I'm 66 and started Social Security benefits last year, but this year I've started a part-time job. How will working affect my Social Security retirement benefits? You, Jennifer, KC, either one of you got a Well, at 66 in 2018, that means he was born in either 1951 or 1952, depending on when his birthday, birthday is. is. So he's at full retirement age. So... Technically, for him, he can work as much as he wants to and continue to draw Social Security. Um, if he were younger than that, uh, then, you know, he the if you're not at full retirement age, the most that you can earn uh, without having your Social, social Security benefits reduced is $17,040 this year. And when it gets over that... They start throttling you, right? Right. They um, deduct a dollar for every two dollars you earn above the annual limit. Okay. So you know, really, if if it's you know close to that amount, you could probably still deal with it. But if it's if you're earning you know forty thousand dollars a year, if you go back to work, or if you're you know even thirty thousand dollars a year doing a part time job, you might not want to you might want to stop your social security benefits at that point yeah and uh what they describe as earnings counting toward that limit is uh it's net earnings from self-employment or uh uh any type of a job but not pensions annuities investment income interest and uh, veterans and other government benefits so uh you got to be careful as to what you're looking at as far i mean if you went back in the military at 66 that'd be a miracle (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, it'd, uh, it'd be earned if, earned income is what they're really going for there, um, right? Not investment income or pensions. I mean, Social Security, I guess, is is earned technically, but it's <laughs> um, they're really trying to to keep you in line with that that number. Before two thousand, I think you know it was that 
there was a an income limit for all ages of Social Security, and then they changed it in 2000 to only be effective for people who take the benefit younger than full retirement age. Um, you know, they do actually recalculate your benefit and give you credit for earnings you have with, you withheld for, you know, income that you had over that limit. So if you, you know, once you hit full retirement age, though, you might get a benefit. So it could make sense in some rare cases to actually take it and have it reduced. Um, for example, if you're going to be earning, if you're going to increase your average wages to the point where you would get a higher benefit, maybe it makes sense to do that. Yeah. But, but not it's, one it's of those high-paying government jobs. No, right? yeah. Yeah, probably not. Uh, if you have questions on this, you can go to uh, ssa.gov. Uh, where they have a retirement earnings test calculator that will uh, help you answer the questions as to whether or not uh, you're getting in the crosshairs of, of this particular issue. All right, guys, uh, let's move on. We got Andy from Mableton who says, I saw Lincoln National Corporation and Allstate Corp, both listed as undervalued growth stocks, are either worth adding to my financial holdings. Um I will tell you, Lincoln National is a company that uh, for a long time we actually recommended to clients. We don't any longer, and one of the reasons is it doesn't meet our criteria for investment. Uh, Allstate, on the other hand, does, uh, but they are uh, two different types of insurers. Lincoln National is more of a life insurance company, sells a lot of annuities and retirement plans, um, whereas Allstate, and you know what's strange? For a long time, uh, they also own Jefferson Pilot. Mm-hmm the the uh, television network, but I think they've since spun that off. I don't watch them that closely anymore, but uh, anyway, it was really strange to see a company in the financial sector that owned a television network, <laughs> but that's what we had. Uh, and then Allstate is a property and casualty insurer. Uh, if you look, they're talking about growth. Uh, growth in uh, uh, Lincoln National, 8% expected. It's been uh, eight and a half over the last five years. That seems reasonable. Last five years for Allstate, 2.28% expected long-term growth at 9%. These are, are not really like growth. Maybe they are undervalued. I look at the uh, peg that I just explained, 1.15 for Lincoln National. That's low enough. Uh, the peg for Allstate, again, is 126 uh, so Lincoln National is more of a life insurance company. When you look at life insurance companies, uh, what I prefer to do is look at their portfolio of holdings. Uh, quite often, uh, the folks uh, that actually give them the estimates of how long you can live are pretty good at it, yeah. uh, the actuaries. And uh, they can they can get pretty close with uh, your life expectancy so they can match up their bond holdings to offset their liabilities, which are, you know, the contracts they sell to you and your loved ones on your life. Uh, So when you have one of these companies that uh, is selling at a price below book value, it's usually probably the best indicator as to how cheap it is. Now, it might be cheap for a reason. You know, we are having, Casey, we talked about it first segment of the show, we're seeing declines in interest rates, right? And declines in interest rate make or increases, increases rather in, yeah. in interest rates make prices in bonds decline. So Correct. the value, the book value of their bond portfolio uh, it may be likely to fall sure. going forward. So you have to get a good feel for how well these uh, life insurance companies uh, can manage their bond portfolio. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when you can uh, when you can do that, then it gives you a little more confidence in the, the company that you would purchase. Sure. Uh Right now, uh, we do not recommend Lincoln. Uh, 
uh, and instead, I would say, met life. Uh, they've, they've proven uh, to do a pretty good job at uh, managing their, uh, their bond portfolio. And what you see in the earnings of most of these companies is that about half of their earnings come from the interest that's paid on the bonds that they hold, and the other half comes from writing new policies. So that's, that's pretty common in that space. And again, you know, I'd rather see you purchase MetLife than uh, Lincoln National. Um, MetLife has not been without a little bit of volatility themselves lately, uh, although I think a lot of it was overblown. Um, you know, they uh, have made purchases of a lot of smaller companies over the years, and what you wind up seeing is um, they have kind of lost touch with who their client is. In fact, to the point where they don't know their address, they don't know the Social Security numbers on this uh, on the contracts, they don't know the phone number, can't get in, in touch with them at all. So a couple of uh, quarters back, they released uh, reserves that they had set aside on those particular companies. And um, next thing you know, they realized that that was a mistake. So mm -hmm. uh, their last earnings report was delayed by 10 days. Uh, the SEC came out and started talking about material weaknesses in uh, some of their uh, accounting, which I think, again, is overblown. Um, we're talking about a, a, a hit to a company that makes billions in earnings every quarter, uh, but we're talking about $537 million in this particular case to cover the whole thing. Uh, I, again, you know, I think it's probably an opportunity to purchase uh, MetLife. Uh, as far as Allstate, which was the other company that he asked about, property and casualty insurers in the third quarter got beaten up because we had hurricanes, yep. lots of hurricanes. Um, they're getting a little better, but one of the things that we're seeing is a secular uh, issue in property and casualty, especially among companies that um, insure automobiles. And why might you think that accidents are higher? Maybe distracted driving. Oh, yeah, there you yeah. go. So uh, that's one of the things that actually is – credited with uh, making that space a lot more difficult these days. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, some of the accidents that they're seeing in commercial vehicles uh, have been uh, more in number, so more in frequency, as well as the losses have been bigger lately. So uh, a couple of secular issues, uh, maybe that's cured when, uh, you know, Arizona, I was reading this week, Arizona has opened up the roads to uh, self-driving trucks. Is that right? Yeah. So, uh, hmm. you know, it's uh, maybe it's not too far from from uh, reality that we're going to see some more self-driving trucks on the road. And hopefully we would see that uh, that trend actually starts to subside. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, we got another one here. Brendan from Dunwoody asked a question, and I'm going to kind of take it out of turn, but only because it's so pertinent to what's been going on in the market. Uh, he says, uh, the markets fell apart Wednesday with more news on Trump's tariffs on imported steel and aluminum. Do you think this could cause a trade war? Also, any opinion on why the markets uh, drop so much every time a White House employee resigns? I thought the political volatility is built into the market. So, um that's an interesting question. Yes, absolutely. Any Econ 101 class that's ever talked about tariffs will tell you that uh, tariffs don't actually benefit uh, the citizenry of the country who enacts them. What generally happens is uh, the industry, domestic industry, within that economy actually will benefit, but the folks that are left to foot the bill are consumers. the citizens. Yeah, the, the citizen consumers 
So anything that you can think of that's uh, steel or aluminum, and these these uh, tariffs were actually enacted. Uh, in the offing, Steve Cohn, uh, economic advisor to the president, did step down. Uh, it is said, although he went out very nicely with a smile and said, you know, he loved the opportunity and all that stuff, it is said that he left, and the timing is, I mean, unmistakable. Yeah, it's pretty hard to deny the yeah, timing. Yeah, he left because of tariffs. Well, so. He's a big free trade proponent, and, uh, you know, I, th- I think in general it makes sense <laughs> to be a free trade proponent. Sure. Uh, but I, I get what, you know, the president's trying to do here, and, and from a – negotiation standpoint or, or whatever it is that he's he's trying to attempt to renegotiate NAFTA and all these things that right. come into play here. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's exactly what he campaigned on. So you can't fault him for, for that as he's sticking to right. what he's, what he promised to do when he was running for president. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, the way you look at this is if aluminum and, and uh, steel. steel are, are, if you can, if you were taking in imports with no tariffs, so from China or uh, or other countries uh, that can bring a product to market at a much lower cost than than it takes, you know, for a, a U.S. manufacturer to bring the same product to market, it's a it's a big problem with commodities, obviously, because sure um, any commodity there's no differentiation between it. So if China can can bring on steel for a much lower cost, I mean, then it, it makes no sense to for for the you know the users of steel to buy it from American companies, so that hurts American steel industry and the right. jobs for the workers in that industry. Yeah. So you're protecting the American you know steel worker and and aluminum worker and the the companies that produce those products. Yeah. What we've seen too is a, a broad across the board the market has declined, but I think it's uh, the max it declined, and that was this week. You know we talked about the numbers this week. Uh, where they're up 2.6%, whatever right. they are, 2.3%. Uh, so all things considered, the market's rebounded from this, uh, even with Cone sticking to his guns and, and bowing out. But uh, what you've seen is steel companies have actually boosted uh, in price. So um, you're seeing what the economists told us would be the most likely thing to happen. Yeah, uh, and, and that and makes sense. Casey, to your point, I really do think that this is a, this is a uh, Trump um, – negotiation practice. He's already backed off on charging any tariffs to uh, Canada and Mexico. Um, So, you know, in the end, I'm not sure exactly what it'll look like. I will tell you, George Bush did this uh, back in the early 2000s. World Trade Organization actually slapped him with uh, uh, some, you know, said it was a a no-no. And before you know it, he had actually uh, reversed his decision. So, Guys, this is the spot where we talk about market up or down. I'll leave it to you, Casey. This is your redemption. It's going to be down again. Down again. Get a slice of heaven. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll see you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. 
It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.